0: Awesome. You are invited on a journey to a relationship that is deeply and personally yours, not to religion, but to life. I, uh, as someone who's not a big fan of taking the first step to apologize after I've been in an argument with someone I love, I'm not a fan of working through adversity in my career, in my housing or my finances, my marriage or family, just any diversity. Um, I'm not a big fan of going down the pass station and being empty rides and having to swipe my credit card like 10 times. And then all the while, I hear my train coming, and I know it's my train that I'm going to miss, and the next one's probably 30 minutes away. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I'm not a fan of having others in my life tell me things I need to hear, but are not always what I want to hear, or conversely, telling others in my life something they need to hear, but they don't want to hear, I don't want to share that either, or Having a counselor in my life have me look back at my past uh, and help me think about things that didn't go so well. Or watching the New York Giants continue to lose so bad in front of national audiences. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. You get the idea. But I do them anyway. I keep doing every single one of these things. Yes, even watching the Giants. Why? Why? Because of the beauty that it leads me to. I want you to see this image. This image here. You guys can put that up. This image reminds me of a place that I've been I do these things for the, for the beauty and for the sake of the one who leads me to life and who has led me to life, for the full life I have in Jesus Christ, for the joy that others can find in their life if they pursue him. I do these things for the strength that life gives me, this kind of life gives me to endure the hardship and the trouble, the strength that I need for the hope that I have that no matter what the outcome may be. I do these things because they bring me to life. That it is out of a purposeful, out of a life lived in a habit and a discipline in the character of God that I'm longing to emulate. And I want to invite you to the same. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to look at God's character what it means to be in relationship with him, what it means to live that life out, what we call being a Christ follower. So to be a Christ follower, what we've known as being a Christian, I, I, I love the word Christ follower, is really, you know, it's what it means. It's becoming like Christ, being like him in his character, in his heart. And this is the best way that I want you to consider over the next several weeks. Because we believe that in him is life, is the light of all mankind. And this light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Those, those words that I just read are from John, who, who lived a life with Jesus, walked beside him, and John wrote those words in an incredibly dark time to people maybe that had lost hope, and he wanted them to know who Jesus was. He wrote it in the midst of incredible devastation after the result of years of, of war. We see war happening in our world, and in the midst of someone in that environment, he wrote the phrase that we have the light and life of mankind, and darkness does not, has not over. So you are invited to live this out. And so this month, I want to challenge you to consider what this means for you and just to take steps towards him in some way, no matter where you are in this journey with God, to take steps towards him and learn to trust him. So this image that you see is a place that I had the privilege of going to uh, this summer. It's in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, which is kind of ironic because you actually don't see any Rocky Mountains. They're just outside the frame. And so there's plenty of images. Like in the the intro video just now, we see these epic, like, glacier mountain-esque images. And I'm like, I want to go there. As soon as I see images like that, I'm like, I want to go there. That's one of the reasons why I ended up here. (laughs) And so... This is a place that I I like to go backpacking, and my family and I did a, a, a backpacking trip this summer, and we hiked a couple miles in, and we had reserved this, what we call a wilderness site, and it was just a thing in the system on a map, and I was like, okay, we can do this spot, I had no idea what it looked like, I just assumed I was going off the trail a little bit, and there's a place in the trees, but we hiked to this place, and and, and we we get to – it has been a long day's hike, and we get to this sign that says the name of it. It's called Old Forest Inn. It's really interesting. And, and it was up this hill. And we, were, we had been tired. We were like, oh, man. So we had to go up this huge hill to this ridge, and we were blown away. It was like a little mountain island. Off to the left was a steep drop-off way down to a roaring river. And the other side was down to the trail. And then on either sides of those valleys were just two, like 12,000, 13 foot you know, high, high mountains. You couldn't even see the peaks, but you just saw the beginning of these rocky mountains. And we were like in this, we were alone, and it was peaceful. And so my wife and I, we were just, we did not expect this kind of beauty. And we just sat there and at the sunrise and just watched it peek over this mountain right there. And I love, play, maybe you've experienced things like this, where you suddenly were in a place of beauty and you just, right, just let go and had a sigh. Maybe you got to the, the, the shore or to the beach. You guys are like, the beach is crowded. Go like early in the morning <laughs> or late at night. Or maybe you've done a trip and you've just been there. But it was interesting is the 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 journey the to experience this beauty it actually took work. <laughs> In fact, a little bit of hardship. It took a hike. It took a lot of preparation. And I, I had, we had to do all this planning together as a family. We had to get our food together and and you know some of the hikes that we took were were hard and that day like it was an area that had been affected by forest fires so there was no there was no cover from the sun and it, we were hot and and so all, you know, it's really interesting. I, it took wisdom from others. It took a lot of reading and to know how to do this and do it properly. And we finally were there and we got to this beauty. But here's a really interesting thing. This is like the Instagram moment, okay? But the night before, we were at another place. It was a short hike in. It was kind of fun. And I finally got there, and, and, and it was a beautiful place as well and i remember sleeping in the tent just sitting there maybe not sleeping just laying there and i began to get really anxious here i was finally getting to a place out in the wilderness to get away from the city i had done all this planning and i was freaking out just a little bit we were in the middle of bear country and i have my kids nearby and i had, you know all these things happening and i think my my adrenaline was up and i'm like this does." I felt a little unsafe. Now, I think it's really good to say that out loud because, number one, you just hear of everybody going on all these epic tricks and trips and you just think, like, we're superhumans, but we have emotions. And I just began to doubt. And my wife doesn't like this side of me because I just began to verbalize this out loud and just doubting, like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Like we've got to do this several nights in a row, and 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 just begin to doubt, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And it was such a cool moment because my wife just began to speak out loud into me, why we were there. I think it's, it's interesting, by the way, how we long to get to these places, and then when we get there, we struggle to enjoy it. But it was a little bit of a Step of faith and danger to do all these things, but she began to speak into me. Do you remember how much you love this? <laughs> and she began to speak to my heart. Do you remember the how much you planned to be here and you couldn't stop talking about it? Like she just began to say, "Do you remember the the things that you're going to experience and the hikes that we have ahead of us?" And she just spoke to the joy. And so. Sometimes, I say all this, I wanted to paint this picture, because sometimes the journey to beauty, sometimes the journey to beauty is hard. And when we, we want it, like there's beauty that you seek in your life, there's things that you long to experience, and you want that, you have that in your heart, and you desire it, but it just doesn't go as you thought it would. And maybe you got and you may not be here yet, so I understand that, but you start your work-life journey and then there's just pessimism that comes in and then there's, there's challenges and there's things that go along the way or there's heartache or there's disappointment or it's just hard and, and you just begin, your emotions take over and you, want, you have this feeling of you just want to pull back or shrink back or retreat because pain, we think, is not what we should experience if we were to lead towards something that is good. Those are hard moments to be in, especially when it comes to our heart. Especially with our heart and our, our, what we long for, our desires and our ambitions, and it's stronger than anything else. We will trade our future for what we want in the moments because of how strong our hearts and feel, feel and how strong our feelings are. And so in those moments, do I trust the preparation? Do I trust the wisdom? Do I trust others around me? And in that moment for me, my wife spoke to me, speaks to the why we're here and the joy. And we stepped into it. If I had, if I had decided to abandon ship, you know, I feel, you know it, we would have never experienced that moment. That was waiting for us the next day. Ironically enough, we didn't want to leave. I had this one moment. It's funny enough. I was sitting on that little spot, and we got cell signal. We're, like, on this peak enough or something came through, and I immediately tried to look up if I could extend it one day. <laughs> it was so funny how, like, how immediately it shifted. And so this is a picture of God's pursuit of you and me. And there, there's a similar journey that every single one of us is invited into and I call this like the hike of your heart. We think about our career. We think about our relationships, but we rarely focus on our heart. And I'm here to say I care about you, and this is so important because if you look at the world and who's failing and who's being canceled and who's next up, is it because of their ability? No, it's almost always because of a failure of their morality, of their They chased something. And so we're invited into a better way to live. And so what it means to be a Christ follower, I want to look at that over the next couple of weeks and just introduce it a little bit today. But listen, I just want to be, you know, the reality of being a Christian has been marred. Like, we we don't necessarily want to pursue that because we have all these pictures and images and stories and and experiences maybe that you've had that made you doubt it. It's made you doubt his people and it's made you doubt God. And I get that, right? So we're marred by abuses that we see that others have committed through organized religion or the politics that we see those who claim to be Christians to embrace on both sides of the spectrum, or just bad experiences as you've had through people that are broken and leading churches. We are marred by our own brokenness, our own sinfulness, our own struggles where we get in the way. And we're afraid because to engage in a church, so to speak, is to engage with people, to be around others. And so our own struggles get in the way the struggles of others. And so I just want to acknowledge that there are barriers that get in the way, and I recognize that. And one of our goals here at DCC is to remove those barriers that we have between us and God, and so just to introduce us to Him. And so, but it's these reasons why many of us have walked away. In essence, we've lost the beauty. We've lost the beauty Maybe we've never got to really know to, or pursue the, the purpose of what it means to be in a relationship with God. We got called to an organization, but not a relationship. So one of our goals is just to change our city's conversation or, 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 or view of who Jesus is. Maybe in a way, we would love this city in a way that will make them be open or help them be open to who Jesus is to recapture the beauty. Now, this doesn't mean that Jesus just fits whatever criteria you want him to. <laughs> but when you begin to look at how God has been leading us and how he has been pursuing us from the beginning, who he really is and who he's leading you to be, hopefully it changes the conversation. What does it look like? What does it mean to actually live that out? That's what I want to look at is the Christian life. And so we're going to answer this. But the simple answer, and I mentioned it once before, is becoming like Christ. Now, we, we can see, you know, Christ is part of the Trinity and God, so it's kind of a weird, you could always be saying, we'll become like a God. No, no, becoming like Him in His character, in His nature, that's really what it is about. That He is, He's helping us see who He is, His heart, the nature of who He is and becoming like that. And we're learning to, to live our lives like Him. And so we're learning to put on His character. That's really what it is about. And so I say that, and it's like, doesn't that sound exciting? Put on the character of God. That is this really christian religious word for me to say out loud. So, no, I don't think you would get excited about that. I actually would feel weird if you did. So why would it be? Why do we need to consider this? What's all about the beauty? Remember the beauty. Whatever you are seeking, there is a beauty There is a desire, there is a longing, there is a significance, there is a place, there there are these things that drive you, there is a beauty that you are after. And I want to challenge you to think about how he is really the beauty that you seek. The beauty that you want to experience, the beauty of, 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 of being in significant relationships, the beauty of sex and that, that, what that can bring to our lives, the beauty of, of familiar relationships, the beauty of, of living and having purpose in your work and loving others and, and experiencing great things in the world or accomplishing something. Those are, you know, the beauty of being in nature, the beauty of rest, the beauty of time off, the beauty of laughter, of having fun, of flipping cups and throwing pink in, balls in them. Like, there's, there's just fun to be had in the world. All this beauty is what God has given us. This is what you seek. And I want to say that this is, it's, a, it's him. It's the beauty that he has. And we've lost that beauty. And so when you look at the early Christ followers... There's this thread of this beauty in the lives that they lived. Now, it's interesting because it's not this thread of everything's amazing, everything's great. It's not like a big Trolls movie. I don't know for the parents in here, there's apparently another Trolls movie coming out. And so there's a song, Everything is Awesome. And so, like, it's just like, you know, it's, that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. But there's this thread as you read through Scripture of a depth of life that was different and how they engaged the world. And it ultimately changed a culture. It changed a government. It changed a region. And so there's all these scriptures that speak to this. There's one in 1 Corinthians 4, 6 through 7. It says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glorious glory displayed in the face of Christ. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that, that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. There's these beautiful statements where it says this this, this light has, has it shines in our hearts, and we have this treasure, and it's this beautiful image that he's writing here. It says these, these clay jars, he's like, it was a picture of themselves. And he talked about how we were just struggling and we are broken and we are being hurt by others and, and persecuted. We're experiencing this. We have these weak lives. But we, in, in, this, in these, these weak vessels of our lives, we have this treasure that we found. And if you just do a search for treasure, you just see this imagery over and over again. Jesus spoke to this, he would He would have these conversations about what the kingdom of God is like, what, what being in relationship with him is like. and one of these he says this matthew thirteen forty four he says "The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that. Field. He gave everything up and bought that field so he could get that treasure. It's worth everything that he had. At the end of Paul's letter to a, a Galatian church, is one of the early churches that started up after Christ's resurrection, and Paul had helped start it, and he's writing to them, and and he had written all these things about what it meant to be free in Christ. And so he ends the, le- the letter by saying, May the grace of Jesus be with you. But then the message translation, which is a translation out of the Greek and a paraphrase, a, a paraphrase version that's like a modern English. And it, and it ends this greeting saying this. This is the paraphrase version. And I love this. It says, May what our Master Jesus Christ gives freely be deeply and personally yours, my friends. They spoke to this depth of life, this treasure that they had found in Christ, and he's just like, I want you to experience this. And what's fascinating is that whole letter had been about the freedom that we find in Christ, the the stepping away from the things that enslave us, and the rituals of religion. It was a whole discourse on walking away from these rituals that bound them up versus the freedom in Christ, and that we, it would be richly, fully, personally theirs. And I love that imagery. And that's what you are invited into. And so as we, we encourage you to take steps this year at DCC, I want to you to think about that, that there are steps towards life. And even when the steps aren't always easy, but this is what Jesus was inviting you into. If you read through the gospel, this was his invitation in John 1, 4 through 5, John says this. He goes, in him, in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When John wrote his account of Jesus' life, he wanted to know you to know that he was the risen Savior for you and to believe in him. And he goes on to record these words from Jesus found in John 10.10. 10. And Jesus says this. He goes, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. A fullness, full life. And so the question really is, do you believe that? Do you believe those words are true? And so it can't be a leap from you should do this, and then you just give it all and jump all in, jump in the deep end. There's always a journey towards him. So if you're someone who is skeptical of faith, I encourage you to seek that out. What if this is true? Because this is what you long for. You've been made to be. And so to take steps towards him. But there's always a place of trust and faith where we begin to say, I believe this is true. He's leading us to full life, to a life that is rich in good works. There's a treasure to be had. All these are phrases that we see from Scripture, from Jesus himself and from his followers. God wants to freely give you this and for it to be personally yours. All right. So we say, great. I want this. Let's do this. Okay. But wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. How do we reconcile this with the pain in the world, difficulty, what I want, my desire is like, does this mean, like, what does this mean? Like, how do we reconcile this? And so there's a couple of things that eventually get in the way, and it could be in the way right now for you. So, How do we reconcile with the pain that we see in the world? So the first thing is this. Where did this pain we feel come from? It's something I want you to consider. Somewhere It was decided that this is painful, that it it hurts to see someone pass away. That there's a line that's crossed. Someone had to decide that this was good, and our hearts just ache. And so if we just came out of nowhere and formed out of dust, like how did that suddenly know this? That wouldn't inherently be given. It's a very deep question, a very interesting thing to think about. C.S. Lewis there's a whole discourse on that that's fascinating. But where did we decide that if this action leads to pain? Something had to say that there is something good and right and beautiful. There's something in your heart that knows this. And you don't even have to believe in God. You can even set your own rules, what you set your own thing as. But somewhere you've drawn a line and you said, this is what it means to be. And this is what it has to be for this to exist. And so we, we have this trouble reconciling that. But there is a beauty that existed that we know is right. And we long for that. We seek that, that justice in the world that we, that we want to experience that. Who brought that on? who put that image of beauty in our hearts where we experience it and we say this is close so as christ followers we we have this answer that we believe that we've that we were given this beauty and we walked away from it and brought this brokenness in the world that god made us for we walked away from this beauty this life and this love this light that God is, and that meant to walk towards things that were dark and pain. But it's because of that that Christ stepped in. Despite our rejection of Him, He pursued us and made a way for us to get, get out of that and be brought back to Himself. To say, I am that beauty that you're walking away from. You can trust me. So as Christ followers, we say that this, he is our answer. He is the only way out because He is the only one that really is actual truth and beauty. And we surrender our lives back to Him. But Jesus didn't promise that He would take that pain away. Jesus didn't promise that. But He promises one day that He will fully make it right and restore it. He didn't shy away from the answer. He stepped in and became that for us. So where did this pain come from? It's something you really need to think through. And this, the second thing is, is the opposite of that. We have pain and then pleasure. As we've, we've become really good at creating comfort and happiness and things that are fun for us and pleasure. And so in, in our world, the last hundred years, really less than that, we, we've, we've been able to step in with our technology and medical advances to, you know, extend life and to be cured of ailments and and all these things that help us live comfortably. You know, we we went a long way quickly from working toilets that flush to, like, all kinds of amenity and luxury. So we live in an area where we, we get luxury at our fingertips with doormen and everything else that goes with it. There's nothing wrong with that, but we've just become really good at creating comfort. And so we struggle with pain because we think that our happiness and making that be the ultimate is what it should be, but that always isn't. That isn't always going to work out for you. And so we are perplexed at how angry we are because the more you get, the actual more you want, and we found that it didn't actually satisfy us. So we live in a world and a culture. It's really a Western world thing more than others, but it's growing, but where we become very good. And it makes us kind of feel like God. I can achieve this. I can pursue this American dream. I talked about that last week, by the way. We think we feel like many gods. And so we struggle with a God who seems to limit us, who might be willing to lead us through pain but we're actually, it's actually not really working. How are we doing on this? How are we doing playing God, so to speak? When we get control of our lives and we have this power and wealth, those who get put in power, are our leaders doing a good job? I don't think they're even leading right now. (laughs) Right? Like, Like, we don't do a good job of this. It doesn't matter which political spectrum you're on. Like, We've got all kinds of fun examples going on in our state and our country, and like all these different things, like are the famous the wealthy are they happy? Do we treat others well? So the question is is there a better way and so in God's wisdom, he created us in this beauty, and he is that beauty He didn't make you to do a ritual, but he made you to be in relationship with Him. And our pain leads us to Christ. It helps us to know that something's not right. He's made a way for you to experience that. And He is lovingly leading your life. And being a Christ follower means to begin to trust Him on this journey and to seek Him out. Jesus says to us, I have told you these things. This is found in John 16, 33. He says, I have told you these things so that that in me, you may have peace. Not in your circumstances, because those change. In your wealth, that change. In your poverty, or whatever it may be, in me, you will have peace. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. There's a strength that we find in Him that we can live in no matter your circumstance. And he's been showing this, us this from the beginning. Micah 6.8 is in the Hebrew Scriptures of the Old Testament before Christ came. It says this, O people, the Lord has told you of what is good, and this is what He requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God here's just a little glimpse, and we're going to walk through this this month. But like he, it's like there's these character traits of God. He loves mercy. For us to love mercy is to be like God. He loves mercy, to be patient in suffering. Jesus did that himself, to embrace discipline. These are things that God encourages us to do, to lean into relationships with one another, to seek out justice, to seek healing for others and their hearts and other things, to bear with one another our burdens, like that requires something of me to bear with someone else. That's something I don't necessarily want to do, but it's something that God's called us to, to forgive one another as Christ forgave you. It's, it's hard to forgive, but, but God did the same for us, and he knows that it leads us to freedom. In Philippians 2, it says this: Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each to of you to the interest of others. This is what it means to live it out as a Christ follower. Now, if you're not a Christ follower, these are not instructions for you, but it's something that you should consider. Because it's a way of life that is a depth of life that that we said earlier is personally yours. It is how we experience the character of God. And it's it's actually an invitation to life. An invitation to life. It's a little bit opposite of what you naturally kind of want to do. But do you trust God with these steps to love one another? And what's amazing is there is a joy, a deeper joy, a deeper sustaining life that comes from it. That's the treasure, the treasure we've found, the treasure we've found in him. What if these words are true? So I'm going to walk us through what it means to live this out this month trust God and to follow him, and to become like him. And I just want to challenge you to listen. And then I want to challenge you to find one thing that you trust him with. One way in which you can begin to live this out. As you listen over the next couple of weeks, what is one thing that you can do? Let's engage this life together. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your words to us. God, I thank you for the beauty that you want us to experience. God, I know that we live in a world that that we we see beauty but then we see brokenness. And we doubt. And I pray that we would know that it's for that reason that you came and you burn for the you burn in in, in longing for justice to happen in a way that we couldn't understand. That you are pursuing that right now. I pray that we would see that and know that and take steps, not to religion, but to you and to life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.